0: you're listening to starshot a cortex actual play i'm kirby your host and game moderator and i'm here to tell you that you're listening to a poke chapter we are coming toward the end of our season one actual play and it's been a pleasure running this for my crew if you have any feedback as to what we could be doing better in season two let me know now on with the show. we last left off with Poke. You woke up in the hospital after having these weird dreams of your past or flashbacks. Unclear. The doctor didn't really seem to have anything for you. You just got delivered off the bus after being exposed to, like, toxic environments. And you somehow survived. The doctors off-screen, I think, would tell you that, like, your recovery was way faster than... Uh, what they normally see. And additionally, they've been having a lot of people come in with this exposure. Uh, A lot of people from like the fringes. Most of them aren't surviving. Also, you had company. You had Bao with you last time uh, that you were here. Bao uh, being your friend and colleague, uh, both in the few religious order, but also at your Amy Fon's uh, restaurant. And where we specifically last left off, you were essentially breaking down everything that had happened since you last saw Matt, Amy, Fawn. So you actually tell me, where do you want to pick up the scene? I actually like to pick it up
1: a little bit down the road. At this point, having just kind of convinced Bao that something greater is afoot, I mean, is it too much to have moved past the point where we're in the hospital anymore, or we've like just gotten released? Is that too far?
0: No, it's not too much at all.
1: Maybe Bao and I are like just gotten discharged from the hospital. He and I are, like, walking out the front door.
0: I think reasonably, unless you're going to force the issue, I I would think that would probably be the next day. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. It's the next day you've been given back your clothes, which has been, like, sanitized from all the uh, potential contaminants that were in the air. Yeah, you and Bao are stepping out of the hospital. You find yourselves in front of one of the civilian hospitals here in Stepping Stone it's pretty busy. When the two of you are stepping out, that's when an ambulance is parking its way in front of the nearby like emergency center entryway. You can see that there are military officers, funny enough, being taken out on stretchers and brought in through the emergency room. This is funny in the sense that, you know, they have their own, like, military hospital. Yeah, for some reason, they're being uh, escorted out here away from the military base and brought in. You, Bao, the wide open air, uh, the long streets, uh, what, what do you want to do? So at this
1: point, kind of having recovered from my excursion to, into the wilderness and the exposure to the toxins, having convinced Bao that something happening that is greater than here I involves the and now kind of seeing this strange unexplainable, you know, events of these military, you know, walking wounded are now being treated in a civilian hospital. I've gone through a lot. I've, you know, been battered and bruised and left in the dark and haven't really gotten a single step closer to finding out what's going on. I'm kind of in full, like, I need to investigate and get to the bottom of this and get some kind of answer or else I'm going to be stuck in this loop of danger and unknowing and, I, I can't help Liana or Bao or the few or anybody else until I begin to actually put some pieces on the board and into the puzzle. So I start to kind of think. And I'm, I'm doing this kind of thinking out loud with Bao because I, you know, I explained to him before at the hospital the other day. Now I'm, ta- I'm kind of thinking out loud and talking to him about the people I saw who perpetrated the riot back at the candlelight vigil, how that maybe finding out who they are or who's behind that unrest Maybe the first step to figuring out exactly where this goes. So you know, you know the scene in the movie where the where the kind of down on his luck like PI is kind of like finally just like you know gets fed up, and just like I gotta, I gotta get to the bottom of this. Like that's kind of where I'm at this point. I've gotta move heaven and earth to understand the first few threads of this mystery. I've gotta start somewhere. And if if this if starting somewhere means starting with the kind of you know military irregulars at the riot, then maybe that's the place to start. But if there are other things I could that would be a good place to start, I'm also all ears.
0: How do you want to go about that? Are you just going to try to do a drive-by of the base, or are you trying to oh, check out the news? Sorry, maybe or... maybe
1: more specific. Not, not these military, not these wounded military members. I'm talking about the kind of hmm. the militia members of sorts who were at that that candlelight vigil riot. You know, who clearly had some kind of martial oh. training. I, I, I'd like, okay. I like. I've got certain. Like, if if I if I had a big board with a bunch of red string on it right now, it would be you know a big timeline starting at the riot, and there would be you know photographs of the people I saw there. Again, like a, if you imagine it's like almost like a mental map. But then there would be the people I saw loading the clones uh, into the vans at the mall or another part of that map. There's, but there's no connection between the two of them yet. I've got to figure out more about one of those parties so I can begin to make the connection between the two.
0: I think there's a baseline of information I want to give you. Uh, but I want to go ahead and roll for this so that way we can see if maybe we can ascertain additional information. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and set the difficulty, uh, which my danger zone is starting just at a simple point. Pair of D sixes and the difficulty is nine.
1: So I think for the dice pool for this, it's like a mental D eight. Other skills would.
0: Another thing you can do is like on the top right there, you can just uh, where it says editing, you can switch that to viewing maybe if you don't want to type on your sheet. And it looks like you're starting out the episode with two plot points.
1: I don't. I don't want to spend those yet. I would like to basically start going down a path. Okay, so a ten, but once again that one which which I can never avoid rolling a one somehow. So. A 10 with a, with a complication or
0: whatever i will buy that hitch from you uh, so i'm gonna have three plot points and i'm gonna have another die in the uh, doom pole which i'm just going to come dear your sheep for awesome a 10 so you're uh, you're building like this mental map i think Bow's like trying to talk to you this entire time it's it's kind of like background noise for you as you're trying to piece this together and recollect like all the things that you saw and all the things that's going to point you to like a certain direction Uh, And Bal is just, frankly, just talking about how he's going to call a goober uh, here so that you can start, like, getting on the move. So he's on, like, his personal pad. As it relates to, like, the militia members back at West Sands, you you remember that uh, there was something fishy about them. They all seemed to sport these same, like, tiny, but... Just noticeable enough, like, outlines of clouds as tattoos on, like, their neck or their hands. Additionally, they just didn't seem to have, like, a professional bearing at all uh, for, you know, the West Sands militia. And additionally, you actually trace this back to that confrontation that you had with, what's his name, Uh, Amy Fonz. If you recall, Liliana was worried over these folks who said that she apparently stole something. Remember, like, one of the members, like, reaching out to try to, like, grab her at one point, and I think, like, a sort of TV show, like, I don't know, CSI or Lon or whatever have you, uh, we have a freeze frame of that moment where we see the little cloud tattoo on the web of, um, on the webbing between the guy's thumb and forefinger. Right then there. So it's all connected. And you remember that Liliana had some sort of device on her person that she was hesitant to even show you. Uh but you don't remember too much about it. It was about the size of like her palm and it was nothing that you've seen before. You never really got to talk to her about it too much or you never saw in her possession the short while that you were with her. Uh so I think that's what you've managed to like piece together so far. But you know, you were successful. Do you have like a question or two that you would want me to just straight up answer?
1: Having this recollection about the tattoo on these militia members, we're now in Stepping Stone, of a larger settlement. If I were to do like you know the cliche thing where I go try to find some you know guy at the bottom of the totem well totem pole, not gonna say that if it's guy at the bottom of the food chain in you know kind of a criminal underworld of sorts, would I know where to begin t- to look for that information in the Stepping stone.
0: From your perspective, that would probably be like the local Amy Fonds. Some Amy Fonds, and yours, if you'd like, you know, kind of sort of have like a soup kitchen kind of deal because despite the fact that we are light years away from Earth, you still live in a shitty, like, late stage capitalistic society. So there are still like people that are kind of like hard on times. Some Amy Fonds like service those type of people. Uh, those people aren't necessarily criminals. You know, they definitely like live in the rougher habitats and uh, have like an ear closer to the ground for that sort of t- thing. So that might be a lead there.
1: I've got an idea then. So I, I kind of turned to Bao and I go, look, we need to start making sense of this. We're going to go to the local Ami fonts, We're going to talk to the owners there. We're going to start working our way up from the ground up as far as we can. I to figure out what this organization or militia or whatever it is and i kind of just, and i described the cloud tattoo to him i don't know how they're involved dangerous and they're violent and they're connected to somebody who knows what liliana's role is in all of this Then what i would think would happen next is like we if this is okay we would cut to a shot, like kind of a, a montage of me, of us like walking to the Amy Fonds, getting there. We're like, you know, it was like music playing over it, but you know, so there's no dialogue. We could, you could see us like talking to the owner of Amy Fonds, And clearly because they're also members of the few, like there's a, room there. and I'm, you know, I'm asking about, you know, what, what they may have seen, or if they know somebody in there who, who also has a similar tattoo, or if they can point us to like a place where some, you know, these kind of guys would, would, would hang out after they're done, you know, getting, getting food, being at Amy Fonz. So,
0: yeah, I, I think you talk with the local, like, Amy Fonds, which, you know, there's always at least one employee, usually the manager, who is part of your organization, and they point you in the direction of, um I, I think, like, some of their own people have been having issues with a local gang, and they point you over to, like, this auto shop that the Amy Fon's owner that you've talked to suspects is some sort of chop shop. Uh, is that where you want to head? yes you arrive at the chop shop it's probably at the like i think it's like off the main thoroughway of stepping stone which i mean stepping stone is not very big um it's not like sprawling like west sands is and when you arrive you know there aren't too many people there are a couple of cards actively being worked on uh it helps that this is like mid-afternoon at this point and uh they You know, it it seems like there's nothing but mechanics here, but you catch a glimpse just as you're arriving of an office door that is uh, opening and being shut by someone going in. And you see some people just smoking, and it it seemed like they were playing cards back there.
1: Okay. Uh, I look around for anybody who seems to be kind of actively working on a car, or, or at least kind of distracted by their work.
0: I think there is a person, like, around the side of the building, uh, a mechanic who appears to just be on break. Their eyes are just glued to their phone right now, and they are currently just vaping, because vaping's still a big thing for whatever ungodly reason in this future. So, but before
1: we, I kind of approach them, I turn to bow and go, like, bow, like, remember, dangerous, violence, careful. and We're not here to get hurt or confront them. I have to be savvy about this. Kind of give him like a little nod. I'm right behind you, brother. So I, I walk up to the mechanic and kind of clear my throat. Excuse me.
0: His eyes flit up to you, and then they're like right back on his phone, and without looking at you, he just says, uh, If you're here to check up on a ride, just got to go around to the front, just counter there, just talk to the receptionist. He's really cool. Here for an appointment. He now like look, looks up to you, and I think he's kind of sighing. He says, oh, I guess my five-minute break is up anyways. Uh, wh- where's your ride?
1: No ride. I'm, I'm, I'm here
0: for an appointment. And
1: I kind of give him like a knowing nod
0: inside. This is uh, quite a bit of bravado you're putting on here. Why don't we uh, do a roll here? And I think this could be, I would say like trick or perform.
1: Perform would be good. And trick, this is, it, I'm definitely trying to be deceptive about evasive, but deceptive about my purposes here. It's, I'm trying to get entry inside. So I think trick would probably be a great one.
0: Yeah, so social, trick, and then one of your distinctions here. And I've set the difficulty here. I've rolled an opportunity, which we don't really have anything that would be relevant for that right now. Uh, But the difficulty is 2, so this should be a breeze for you unless you botch.
1: I can't can't roll a d4 without it being a 1. I mean, it's a a (laughs) 7, but there's another 1 for you.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and buy that. I'll tick you up on plot points. So you're at 4 plot points now, and I'm at 2d8s
1: make sure make sure the danger pool is as large as it can be before i confront like some giant monster.
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely you know you rolled a seven and that's still like a heroic success so you're going to get a d6 hero die which i will also mark for you he kind of fidgets a little bit scratching the back of his neck he's like oh sorry you must be the guy i I was told about i didn't recognize you mr herring right this way thank you much obliged I think he pauses for a second, seeing uh, Bao over your shoulder and says, I was told that any hired help
1: has to wait outside. I look at Bao and kind of give him a nod.
0: It's okay. Bao just kind of shrugs and leans against that same very spot that this mechanic was leaning against for their lunch break or whatever it was. And the mechanic uh, leads you past uh, several cards. There are very nice cars being worked on here, a, perhaps a little too nice for what seems to be like a crappy like shop. And he leads you to that door that you caught a glimpse of, of the smoking, of the card playing. He knocks on it, waits a second, and then enters in. And he says, Mr. Stevens, uh, Mr. Herring's here. He just kind of moves aside for you as you enter in. Uh, you enter into what is actually a Fairly sized, like office. It is very clearly an office. You still have the large oak desk, uh, but you also have this side table that they're using as a makeshift poker table. Frankly, it actually more looks like a converted break room that was made into someone's office and classied up. And you find yourself in a room, the door shutting behind you as the mechanic returns to work or returns to slacking off, whichever have you. You see three men sitting at that table. They all, like, eye you very curiously. The man in the center, at least from your perspective, stands up. He is an imposing man despite not being a very tall person or despite not being very built. Uh, he just kind of carries that air about him. He has pale blue eyes. He has a scar running across his cheek and down to his chin. And he just kind of says very gruffly, Well, Mr. Herring... Either you had a fuck ton of surgery, or you're trying to pull my leg right now. And with that said, you know, his hand is kind of, like, hovering just beneath, like, the tabletop. And he's just kind of crouched over his cards, uh, clearly just having recently raked in a fairly large pot. So what do you do?
1: First of all, I want to do, like, similar to that kind of CSI memory recollection earlier, I
0: want to do kind of, like a, like, a quick
1: slow-mo you know, zoom in, zoom out, freeze frame across the room as I scan for any of these visible tattoos. I kind of cloud those clouds on anybody in the room.
0: Yeah, uh, I would say that you do uh, notice it. Uh, You see a, uh, on the hand that you can see of this guy who's apparently Mr. Stevens, you can see the cloud tattoo on the side of their pinky.
1: And before I do any of this, I want to make it kind of clear that what I'm doing right now what Polk is doing is extremely out of character for him. This is not the kind of confrontational approach he would ever typically take for, you know, basically before to, anything before today. But he finds himself acting in, in the way that he didn't know he was capable of in terms of with the stakes being what they are uh, and being as kind of disconnected from his previous you know, reality, just based on the, the events of the last few days. You know, I think something is changing in, in, in Polk in terms of how he approaches this situation. Now, whether that's a permanent thing, I think is you know, yet to be seen. But, you know, obviously the events have changed Polk, and he's being a lot more brazen and uh, confrontational than normally would be. Now, is that kind of uh, just an affect? Sure, absolutely. Like, he's still inside, is terrified right now. That terror is being overcome by his desire you know, get to the bottom of this conspiracy in a way that can help and save his friends. That being said, after kind of confirming quickly in his mind that he is in the right place, uh, Polk looks for an open chair and sits down. Is there an open chair? Can I sit down somewhere?
0: Yeah, there's an uh, open chair, yeah.
1: And I kind of, like, cross my legs in a really kind of rakish way over, you know, well, I guess you saw through me. Doesn't mean I don't have business to discuss with you. Polk. Name's Polk.
0: Mr. Stevens here looks to his compatriots. Uh, Both of them have tensed up. You have a middle-aged, heavyset man to your left, now that you're sitting down, uh, who is audibly cracking a knuckle uh, as he gives a side look to his boss, just waiting for him to give the go-ahead. And to your right, you have a very, like, otherwise, like, unassuming man. He looks like he, he would just be part of, like, a church choir. And seems very out of place here. But nevertheless, at some point, he's just casually placed a butterfly knife on the tabletop there. Mr. Stevens himself, he pauses still in that like half upright position. And then he sits down. He doesn't say anything. His one hand that's still on the tabletop there uh, drumming. And it's not lost on someone like you with your military background that he's probably has something in his hand that's like under the table after a pregnant moment here all right go on like i said my name is polk I'm a representative of an organization
1: when your men have frequented our establishments in the past i think you might have been aware of what those places are i kind of get, I get my eyes narrow when i say that are we understanding each other at this point
0: He rolls his neck a little bit. He seems to be relaxing a minuscule amount, but you get the impression it's because he's not feeling very threatened at the moment. He says, I think so.
1: I think one thing I want to make clear, too, is that none of what I'm trying to do is meant to be threatening. This is meant to be kind of like a parlay as opposed to like a intimidation. As a representative of this group, I have been sent to discuss certain things with your particular organization, namely some disruptions know our group and what we believe but that doesn't mean that we are interested in way that some in your group preventing us from doing our work that make sense
0: i think at this point he's giving another eye to his people i think we need to enter a contest here because you're kind of hitting a little too close to home as to his like operations and he doesn't know you so uh, let's go ahead and pick up some dice
1: is this a place I can spend a plot point to as well? Yeah, you can. Okay.
0: Are, are you trying to create an asset right now before you roll?
1: The asset I'm trying to create is something non-tangible. I, I'm trying to create a asset where he understands me rightfully or truthfully or not as a major representative of the few. And, th- and that in a way, that would diffuse any kind of threat he would feel for me. And more, it, it seems easy to deal with.
0: I think what that could translate to, because I feel like you're really like, Digging deep into your former high command distinction. Yeah. Um, and I think what we can spend that plot point on is, because uh, normally you can only grab like one die from a um, trait set, right? Uh, one distinction, one skill, etc. Uh, you can spend that plot point and you can roll the Val of the few, uh alongside your former high command. Okay. So that's, that'll be 2 d d8. I think this is very much an influence role. Okay. As well as social and you're trying to defuse tension. So that's the d6 there as well. Okay. All finally right. uh you know you also invoke the name of your amy fawn's restaurants which is a signature asset for you so i think you should roll that as well
1: okay so i'm looking at four eight at d6 d10 gotcha okay here's the roll all
0: right uh so let's assign our dice what's your total uh
1: 15 uh with no ones
0: 15 no ones what's your effect die yeah d10 i'm actually going to hinder this guy Uh, So I'm going to add a d6 to the Doom pool. And he's just going to roll a d4 instead of a d8 for his distinction. Ooh, I rolled an opportunity. And five. Five is what I roll. So you roll 15. You're going to get a d8 hero die. And additionally, this steps up your effect die twice because 15 is 10 over. So you're you're essentially going to get whatever you want out of this. Can
1: Can I describe what that is? Yeah, absolutely. I think what I want to have this guy do, basically, I, I want this guy to be like a middleman, right? He's operating this particular chop shop for this group. But I don't even know what they are yet. He's not like a big boss, but he's not like a street soldier, essentially. He's somewhere in the middle. Middle management for crime syndicate, whatever. I want him to understand that, A, that I'm not being threatening, that I'm just coming in to discuss business with him. On the other hand, I want him to become so overconfident based on this, what he's kind of learned so far that he feels comfortable opening up and revealing things to me, as he thinks I have no interest in the things I want to learn. Like he doesn't care that I learn; he doesn't know why I wanted to learn them. So maybe he's more open due to his kind of, you know, confidence and the fact that he thinks I'm no no real threat to him or his organization at this point. Is that okay way to look at it? I think
0: what you learn. I, I think the like angle he's coming out from here is that you're very quickly learning that him and his organization has been screwed over by some bigger fish. Actually, I I think you're just kind of uh, getting the impression that he thinks that you're part of uh, some other bigger fish that's going after this bigger fish, as it were. He's more than happy to just turn the tables on them because he's feeling screwed over. And so you learn that, yeah, He had some of his goons among the, like, militia over at West Sands, and they had orders to start a riot there, and on top of that, like, amid the riots, uh, they had orders to gather up as many clones as they could and ship them out uh, to certain locations where they would then be like airlifted out i think this is like a good like five or ten minute like conversation that you're having here his men sort of relax after the initial like what are you doing boss it's like oh okay, okay we're, we're doing this okay and it gets to a point to where he's now even gotten up and poured some whiskey and he claims that this is whiskey from real Earth. Uh, although you're pretty sure you can see like, how the label's like peeling off to reveal that it's actually synthetic whiskey. And without asking, he just pours you a glass and sets it down in front of you. I like what you're serving. And frankly, if you're going after these people, shoot. I think we have your back.
1: See, that's exactly what I came in here to hear. Glad you came to this understanding. Now, the time for that is not immediate but if someone like you understands that patience is a virtue but when the time is right i will let you know you'll know what to do
0: sure we'll be there we're um consider it doing us a favor honestly we're not too uh happy with how our deal wound up we lost a lot of we lost a lot of good folk to the actual authorities over there in west sands you understand i can't have them hanging out to dry in some prison where they'll, what, be put to rest until we reach a real home? Get out of here. That's no way to live. I understand.
1: We'll make it right. Believe me. I ask him for a way to contact him or or the best means to get
0: in touch with him. Yeah. I think he gives you a card. He says, like, the most discreet way to get in contact with him uh, is by using any of, like, the public information terminals uh, and entering in a, like one like a a certain pattern of like commands because this is a public terminal there's only like so much that you can do on it but evidently if you hit this right combination of keys uh it will flag his system that's the most like discreet way to go about it and if you really need to hop on the horn and get him somewhere fast uh, he gives you his personal number you call that someone will pick up the phone you tell them, uh, you tell whoever that person is that it looks like it's going to rain today. They'll uh, they'll have someone out to your location. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I think during the like breath of this conversation, like you learn what this organization is, who these people are. Right? They call themselves the Cloud Posse, and evidently they're an old world gang that kind of leached themselves onto the Deliverance and came here. So they've been around for a while and you kind of get the impression that they have like officials in their back pocket but even like as deep as their fingers have gotten some of these pies that conversation that you just have with him where he's talking about this other fish basically edging him out of the pond his operation suddenly seems minuscule compared to what's going on behind the scenes
1: did did he name this other outfit by chance
0: yeah he did actually sorry he only knows it as the bedrock He's never met any person, a part of their organization, face to face. He's never once been given a real name. They usually go with color codes, or they'll use like plant names from the old world as code names, and it always changes. So, between that and like voice modulators, he's never sure if he's even talked to the same person.
1: Okay, what was the person who who they were supposed to meet? Do you remember the name of that
0: guy? Mr. Herring. So I stand
1: up from the chair, and I kind of give him a, a nod and go, "Well." I'll let you get back to your meeting. I'll be on my way.
0: He gives you a nod. It's a very peculiar meeting overall. By all standards, that really shouldn't have worked. But evidently, you walked through the right door at the right time and sat down and made a deal. When you walk out, you meet with Bao, who's just been chilling in the same spot that you left him. Just on his phone, mindlessly playing Candy Crush 9. And he says, um, glad you made it out alive. Everything good?
1: You have no idea. I walked into that meeting thinking I was going to have to do some kind of appeal to their sense of charity for 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 us and the few and the restaurants we run. And he thought I was somewhat. I'm, I'm doing this out of earshot. Hopefully, if anyone else who can hear who can hear that. And they disclosed information to me that I had no idea I was going to be paying based on just you know I guess my confidence question uh, mark. Anyways, so I finally have a real piece to this puzzle, which is a weird thing to say because I've been trying to figure this thing out for got three or four days now Uh end up in the hospital and worse since then, so I think we have our first lead.
0: Nice! So, where next?
1: An organization. Individuals, no idea how small, but seemingly of great power and influence on this planet. Bedrock. It's been a while. Decades, in fact. But I think I have someone I can contact in high command, who I trust. Help get me to the bottom of what this organization, whatever it is, may be. Stepping aside here, do I have any relationship with a mit's character in High Command, or are we strangers to each, with each other?
0: Uh, you would be strangers to one another.
1: That's fine. It, it, I, I, got, I got another idea in mind, then.
0: So I, I described to
1: Bao the character who I was, when I was having that kind of wistful moment of self-reflection, looking out at the developing city of, of uh, the Stepping Stone, you know, two decades ago, who was my initial, you know, gateway into the few. I, I described that person's name, and, and, you know, the fact that he's still in High Command. Maybe we should get into contact with him, and see what he made tracking down this bedrock.
0: I don't know about that, brother. Weren't you just telling me yesterday that I shouldn't be trusting any authorities?
1: Got me there, Bao. You do got me there, hoisted by my own petard. Well, I'm out of ideas then, Bao. Anyway, at this point, we can go talk to other members of our sect, see what they know about the bedrock. But, you know, at some point, I would have imagined this information would have percolated, you know, up to, or even trickled down to us, where we would have at least heard of this group before. But I swear, Bao, I've never heard of the bedrock in my life. The only, only place I can think of to start is someone with. At, institutional knowledge of Channis and how it works. They have heard this name, you know, whispered or shadowed somewhere.
0: We've talked about it before. Bao wears his heart on the sleeve. You can see that he doesn't like the idea. He sighs, his foot tapping, crossing his arms. <sighs> okay, well, look, if you if you feel like this is your your only lead, you think it's going to get us closer to Liliana. And I say let's do it, but I say we meet them somewhere public, somewhere safe. Yeah, that makes sense, Bao. I agree. We'll find a
1: public place to meet. See what we can find out. The person I will contact I do trust. He's the person who first introduced me to the, our group. I think he is a sympathetic figure or plight.
0: I'm going to uh, actually ask you to make a roll. As you're having this conversation, are are you like on the move right now? Or are we still oh, just yeah. okay? No,
1: we we are. We are I, I I wait until we were like blocks away before I began. To this okay. Project.
0: Are you two like driving around or are you just walking? walking? As you're walking and having this conversation, Bao's like clapping his hands like, "All right, let's do it." And then he pauses. He's, he actually, like, stops in the sidewalk and says, Are you okay? You're, uh, your eyes are looking a little funny. As he says that, your vision begins to blur. And you feel like a drill is piercing through the back of your head. And you recall the um the whispers that you were hearing in that flashback of yours? You're starting to hear them now. Can you make a roll for me? Uh, this is going to be mental and focus. And then when your distinctions probably former high command is probably the best here in terms of like you know mental resolve but it's up to you
1: i think that's a good idea so two d8s and a d10
0: gonna roll the difficulty for you and the (laughs) difficulty (laughs) has been rolled to 16.
1: oh no worries i I, you know i rolled a seven so i clearly beat that by a a, a, Oh sorry not even that it's a five i i I was i spoke too soon it's a five so even
0: yeah and this one, you're going to pick in an effect die. So do you want to stick with that five and then have the other die as your effect die? Yeah, so the, the d is the effect die. So with a 16, you know, they beat you twice. And my effect die is going to be a D6. So this gets stepped up to a D10. I am removing some of your hero dice because I rolled a heroic success, but I don't get hero dice for some reason. You know, even though I do all this work, I, I don't get hero <laughs> dice. Uh, so I'm going to be removing that D8 hero die that you got. Yeah, you're going to take a complication, which is going to be a D10 splitting headache complication. I, I think you'd like stumble. I think if it wasn't for Bal, you'd be falling on the floor right now. The piercing like drill of whispers hitting the back of your head is gone like 10 seconds later, but what feels like an hour for you. And when it does, you're left with this splitting headache. There's this ringing pitch in your ear, but you can see that Bao's trying to talk to you. And when his voice can finally be heard, it's like, Hey, hey, maybe we should go back to the hospital. Maybe we should forget all this. Are are you okay? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just, I'll I'll be fine. Just, we have to keep going.
1: Help me walk here, Bow."
0: I think that's the shot of that scene. It's the two of you uh, walking along the uh, sidewalk, him putting like uh, your arm around him. Super broad shoulders compared to you. But nevertheless, he's helping you along. And it's probably a solid block before the splitting headache alleviates just a little and comfortably enough for you to, like, actually walk firmly. Now, in terms of this meeting, how do you get in contact with your old buddy here? Back when I left High Command, God, two decades
1: ago, uh, he was, you know, obviously he was, he was my entry into The Few. And I know who he got me in contact with The Few. So I, I messaged that person. To see if they can basically get me in contact back with him if they still know if he's around. And it's still in Stepping Stone.
0: I think it's a tense like five minutes, but yeah, you find out that that person's still in the military and you find out that they have uh, essentially reached the rank of general at this point in their career.
1: Wow. Good for them. (laughs) I guess they've done something with their life. So I I sent a message to them. I don't say, I don't mention the bedrock or the circumstances of me being in Stepping Stone, but I kind of make the message along the lines of like you know I need to meet situation urgent from one front to another and i give him a time and a place at a public you know, a public location in stepping stone
0: i think because of developing situations in and around stepping stone which you've seen military officers being carted off into the emergency room it's not too unreasonable that he's Initially hesitant, so I, I think you're ultimately going to get, to get this meeting. Let's just flavor like the like impression and how well that might start off as by doing a roll. Difficulty here is set to ten. There's also an opportunity on the board, which is now actually finally relevant. Remember, you can buy an opportunity to step down an existing complication.
1: Yeah, for sure. I want to step down this this uh, headache to a D8, if if that's possible.
0: I'm not sure. This kind of walks the line of influence and trick. You're trying to approach this with some subterfuge, but you're also just... I mean, you're not lying. You're just kind of no, pulling no. your cards to your chest. So I, I suppose this is, like, just more of an influence.
1: Yeah. like The reason I'm, I'm being coy about this is not to put him in any danger, either. So this, I don't think there's any, any kind of trick or malice involved in, in, in being less than forthcoming. Right. Okay. Uh, that would be a 12, but with a 1 on the D10.
0: I will not buy that hitch this time. You beat my total. Uh, it's a little bit of a back and forth. Uh, I assume you're, you're text messaging, right? It's a little bit of a back and forth. Very curt replies on their part. They're not saying what's going on directly, but they are laying on thick that they are a very busy person. But sure enough, they agree to a meeting with you. They have a frame of time in like two hours.
1: I think I make clear as much as I can without giving away the whole story in these messages that my... Information is related to greater kind of events happening, whether in stepping stone with the military casualties or with you know things in orbit. Subtly though,
0: yeah, know, in a cool way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're you're hip with the lingo. As we bring this session to the close, uh, I think we have a shot of you and Bao at like a bus station stop, right just just to have a place to sit. And yeah, you get off the phone there, and Bao's just kind of looking at you. Well, is he going to meet us? Bow. I hope to God. Otherwise, back to square one. All music and artwork was done by James Austin, whose other works can be found in the show notes. If you would like to keep up on the latest Starshot news, follow us on Twitter at Starshot Pod. We'll see you among the stars.